Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to Giants uh, Podcast. This is our third episode. Uh, we have Johnny Kello, really good friend of ours, managing director at Landmark Commercial Real Estate, um, CEO of MatchRx, which is an unbelievable company. I think is around 13 years old now. Uh, 36 states, 7,100 different pharmacies that they are working with, and we'll get into that. But super excited to have them, and, and, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, John. We typically kick off our conversation with a, a quote, and this one's a classic from Winston Churchill, one of my favorites. He said, success is walking from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. How do you identify with that? No. Um, a story of my life. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, uh, you, know, every, you know, that old adage, you fail forward, right? Uh, this has been a journey from like, you know, 12 years old, you know, what is that? Paper route through the party store business, through college, graduated college, by the way, John. <laughs> Didn't like that question you, you had out there, okay? <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm kidding. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, um, and like worked throughout that whole time up until today, obviously, and continue to do that. But so many failures in the middle of all that to get to where we're at. And we continue, by the way, I mean, you know, we're still swinging the bat and sometimes we're hitting it and sometimes we're not. And, um, you know, even with Match Square, which is a, a year old and we'll talk about that in a while, you know, we're still going to figure out if this is a hit or not a hit. But uh, that is really, it's, it, it, it epitomizes, like, I think my entire, like, journey in business not so much socially, but, but business. Uh, just failing forward, I guess, is the best and way to describe it. You seem enthusiastic. When I met you, you have an uplifting, positive vibe about you that seems enthusiastic as well. Have you always been enthusiastic, even in those tough times? And, and if so, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, most of the time, you, you know, fake it till you make it, you know, all that jazz. But Really, I think that if you don't keep a positive attitude and you let the moment get at you, then I think, you know, that's when you start slipping and uh, you got to fight through those. Like, you know, as long as we're swinging the bat, as long as we're taking shots, I don't care if you miss. Yeah, you just keep keep on doing it. And then you've got to do it and have fun doing it. Like, that's the one thing that we do at Match, at Match RX is it's the culture like you guys have done here at Adobe. It's all about the people and what we, you know, the attitude that we bring in to the office every day. And, and it starts with Simon here and it starts a little bit with me over at that office on, you know, if you're up, they're up, right? And if you don't bring it to, you know, the show every day, then you know what? They can feel that and it, and it drags. So, you know, even on days that you're not feeling a hundred percent, you kind of try to your best to, to be, be there. Did that always, so, you know, is that something that you always understood? Like, um, or, or, you know, like you said, like upbeat, having fun and you're, it's hard to do because you're, 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 you're running this business and everyone's like, Oh, it's not personal. It's business. But when it's your business, it's, it affects everything. It affects your home life. Your, your, your marriage, your kids, I mean, you're at dinner, this is me I'm speaking about, you're at dinner and you're, you're, you're thinking about things rather than being present, and it is, it is personal, your family is feeling it, and then you just kind of get, uh, you know, you get uncomfortable, you be, you be comfortable being uncomfortable, and you're like, you know what, this is what it is, we gotta, you know, did that, is that something you always had, do you remember a moment that happened or a challenge that happened that you're kind of like, fuck it, like, this is business and I can't take it personal and I'm just going to have to get used to this. Like when did you, when did that start to become like a, you know, being able to manage that? Cause it's hard. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think it wasn't until I was in the commercial real estate business, which I started late in life. I was like in my late twenties when I got there and I started realizing you have to compartmentize everything. Right. And so you try to, you know, keep it in that box and not let it bleed over into everything else. I think that that's when I started learning that shit happens every single day. And if you let it ha you know, let it get to you, uh, then you know you're going to get beat up, right? 
And you almost expect it. So, and well, you, it is not almost expect. You expect it all the time. So when it does happen, whether it's a, a, a team member coming to you about something or HR coming to you about something, I used to like get knotted up, right? Or if it was a client back in the real estate business, right? I would get knotted up. Now I'm like, it's, it's, that's just part of the business. And so if you kind of like, you know, uh, 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 get pulled into every little bump in the road, Jesus, you know, you, you'll never get to your destination, right? So it's just become part of my life. A problem is going to happen. I expect it. And the only thing that I would tell you that I think I've done a, a pretty decent job of is I've prepared for it. I've built up my brownie points, you know, I've made it so that if it does stumble or when it does stumble, not if, but when, it's just a ripple. It's not like this tidal wave that's going to knock your ass over. Yeah, you expect it. That's, that's, that's like the best way of putting it, but it's really hard. Those knots, those knots, you know, like I used to get like that when an agent would want to leave Dolby, right? And you'd be like, what, why? Now it's like, listen, the same for everybody. Right. It is what it is. You wake up every day and you're kind of just like, all right, like what challenges am I going to hit today? And I'm going to, we're going to figure them out, right? That, that still working on it. It's always a work in process, but I always find that very fascinating. And, you know, I realized it, you know, my dad was a business owner and I realized it at a young age when I saw my dad in his forties and I, you know, when you're in your, you know, your teenager, young twenties, you think, you know what you're doing. You think you're, you know, you're kind of a little cocky. Right. And then you get into a, you, you know, I remember being with my dad during a really tough, um, thing that we, we went through and I was like, this guy is a badass, but you're like, this guy's been doing this for 20 plus years. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a process now match RX real estate to, you know, it's business. Yeah. That's the common denominator, yeah. real estate and drugs. I mean, what, what is, yeah. you know, how did match RX come about when you, when you were, you know, you were sitting in your late twenties, getting into real estate. Tell me about match RX, where it came from, how you thought of it and what it does. Um, all right. First of all, it wasn't my idea. Okay. It was my partner Gabe Zawada's idea. Uh, we're still partners, very good friends, enemies on the golf course <laughs> on so many levels. But that's a different story. Uh, so he should be on this show, not, not you, is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, let, let, let's go back to the genesis. Uh, we launched in 2010. Uh, if you, everybody remembers the real estate you know, crash in 08, 09, and the market crash and everything else. And so... I got a call from a niece of mine who said, uh, hey, she just, just come back from Boston about this medical record keeping, electronic medical record keeping, which is now this huge business, right? I should have done that. <laughs> but, but anyway, she comes to me and I said, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know any, I wouldn't even know where to start. So let me call a friend of mine who's like, you know, kind of the closest thing I knew back then to was somebody who'd been a doctor. Now we know everybody's a doctor, but back then, you know, we didn't know anybody. So I called Gabe up who I kind of only knew really through golf and, and, you know, friendly chat. But I said, Hey, here's an idea. He's like, ah, uh, he goes, I got this great idea. It's called pill hub, stub hub, pill hub. All right. And I said, he said, I've had it on the shelf for like three years. And he tells me about it. It's about overstock drugs for independent pharmacies and they wanna get rid of it. And how do they get rid of it? Well, the only way to get rid of it is by finding other pharmacies to buy it, right? And, or if, they, if it expires, it's worthless. So I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. I said, is anybody doing it? He's like, not in any meaningful way. I said, okay, well, let's do it. He goes, what the hell do you know? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I said, we'll figure it out. So the only person I knew in the IT business was my cousin who owned some like internet modeling agency. We hired his IT director developer. We moved into this little office in Sheffield at Troy at Big Beaver and um, Coolidge. And we just went to work. We just, I hired like a an, um, a, uh, a copywriter, a graphic designer. The, the, the website looked like shit, but it operated. And Nofal did, a, my, our guy Nofal Akash, uh, who did this, did a great job of developing this for us. So we just literally went from three pharmacies, him, his mom, his brother, to the 7,100 plus we have today, but all like grinding it out, phone calls, direct mailers and we started with three people in this little office and now we've got 
you know, whatever it is, 30 something people in downtown Royal Oak. We got a cool office, not as cool as this, but it's cool. Um, but it was really Gabe's idea. And the two of us bootstrapped it from the ground up. We, you know, begged, borrowed and steal our own money, stole our own money and really just started one at a time. I mean, we went from three pharmacies to four and four to five. And we would get like five pharmacies signed up in one day. We'd like celebrate. And I thought at the time, if we could just do like 30 grand a month in rev, we'd like, we'd break even. We like, we'd, and it took us, you know, whatever. And every time you got to that number, that number of course would increase and like every business, right? And, but after about a couple years of like grinding it out, losing sleep, working, two jobs. I was still heavily involved in commercial real estate, still am involved in commercial real estate, but heavily back then. So I was just like burning it on both ends and losing sleep on, is this dumb idea really going to work? And are people going to really buy into it? And over time we found that we really did create a good value proposition for these pharmacies. And now it just, uh, you know, I won't say it, it doesn't run itself, like nothing runs itself, but we definitely have a marketplace that feeds itself. Buyers and sellers, you know, come to meet with us and we just make it as simple as possible. That's neat. So before Matrax, a pharmacy, like pharmacies would just call each other? That's it. That's and, it. and you'd have five people to call. Now you have 7,000 people wow. to touch. So you're like, they're posting their inventory and whoever wants it can buy it and trade it or whatever. They're right. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot more to it, right? Obviously, like anything else. But the idea is that it is a seamless transaction. It's a point and click. They never talk to each other. They never see each other. FedEx picks up the product from the seller, delivers it to the buyer. We ACH the transactions, and then we have a fee on each transaction. Cool. And, we, and we never touch it. So we've got customer service if there's issues, all that jazz. But, but, nice. but that's, that's, it's a really simple, very complicated, very, very regulated business. Well, you mentioned regulated, and that was sort of my question. I saw on your website, it says something like, some acronym DSSC. Yeah, DSCSA. DSCSA. Yeah. What is that? Is, is, like, is there a lot of bureaucracy in red tape that you had to cut through to, oh, yeah. you know, with the government oh, yeah. to oh, get God. this going? So much. So we started it, and not really knowing like, if we're supposed to be licensed, not supposed <laughs> to be licensed. We were like, okay, we'd call the state board to see if it was allowed in that specific state. Well, we'd call the association. We didn't know we were calling the wrong people. And they'd be like, yeah, sure. So like about five or six times, the states would call us like, you can't do this. We're like, oh shit, we can't? So then we would go visit the state board and we would, you know, so we'd gone through like probably eight or nine different times. We've gone to different state boards and had, you know, showed them the business model and get them to understand what we do. And it's, it, again, the team, and I, I give credit to the team, really, who's built this really secure marketplace that protects both pharmacies and patients. But it took us, you know, it, it continues to evolve. But, you know, that first four or five years, we were just kind of like learning the rules and rags on this thing. And that's why we're in 36 states. Um, you know, we kind of gradually grew it, grew it out, grew it back down, then grew it back up uh, just through communicating with the states on how we do things. Cause it's all about safety first and that's what we really focus on. And then business second. So you mentioned, you know, you knew you had a cousin that was kind of in the IT. Once you got into it, how much of it was, you know, how much, how much of, cause you do think of like a, a, a platform like this as a technology company. But obviously you own a, you've created a platform and it's technology, but is there a ton of synergy between traditional business, like you said, picking up the phone, calling pharmacies? Like to me, that's traditional business, right? You know, was that seamless? Was it hard? Like once you realize like, okay, once I have the right tech guy, like this is just business, right? I mean, um, cause I think a lot of people out there think like, oh, it's technology, I, I can't do that. You know, where like, did you ever have that thought? Like, this is technology, that's not me. No, it's business, right? So, I mean, you know, you and I operate EOS, right? I mean, business is people and processes, right? So it's just a matter of putting the pieces of the puzzles together and you can pretty much, like, 
you know, immigrants, we think we can do anything, right? right. Like, and, and, and no one tells us we can't. So we just keep on doing it. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Oftentimes it doesn't. So yes, it's just that. It's just business. But to address that other piece of the qu question, which is you build it and then you, it runs itself. No, there's no such thing, right? So it is just a, it is another business. It is marketing. It is sales. You've got to stay in front of your customer, you know, out of sight, out of mind, all these things that come because I don't care who it is, whether it's a pharmacist or it's a real estate agent or anybody, if you're not in front of them producing your goods, right? Or reminding them of your service and your value add proposition. Well, then they're going to forget. I mean, they don't want to, but everybody's busy. So we are constantly staying in front of them and explaining to them our value props. Also adding feature functionalities. We're doing this really cool, you know, feature functionality we've been building for about a year. We've got like eight IT team members on our team that, so everything we build is proprietary and we're building this piece where it's going to allow secondary wholesalers to sell directly to our members. So it's a whole nother business that we're adding on top of this, but it's a little bit easier because instead of going from three pharmacies to 7,000, we want to go from 7,000 to, you know, 15 or 20,000 pharmacies because we're going to allow, be allowed to operate in all 48 lower states here. Beautiful. So it's, a, it's, so it's, it's constantly evolving its work. Without naming if they exist, is there a competitor who does something just like you? Um, is it just competition with what existed before? Um, and what is it like yeah. having a competitor if, there, if one exists? Yeah, so there is competitors out there. Uh, we've, we, were, we had the good fortune of doing two things. One is we were probably the second player in the market, but the first player, it was a kind of a, I don't know, like a, it was like an eBay. You'd have to call the other pharmacy. You'd find the listing and, you know, there'd be this discussion and, you know, we, we said, no, no, we get rid of all that. So let's make it seamless. So the first thing we did, we made it seamless. So it's just a point and click and everything happens on its own. You don't have to talk to anybody. So that was the first piece of the equation. So we got that. We were in that market by ourselves for almost 10 years. You know, there was a couple players that jumped in and, but we've had the good fortune of building up a wall of a marketplace. And so when you come in, you're coming in to see 60,000 products on our site today, right? And if somebody came in and said, hey, we're gonna open John Leonis RX, right? Well, okay, great. Now John's gonna have 50 pharmacies or 100. You know, we've got 7,000. John's gonna have 1,000 products. Well, it's hard to make a market, right, when you do that. And you see that with, like, even NFL tickets. They can't beat up StubHub. As strong as the NFL is, StubHub still is the place we all go to, right? It's the same idea. Yes, there's competitors, but we had the good fortune of being, you know, first to market for the most part in the, in the business model that we operate in. And so we, you know, we built up, you know, um, you know, a wall, like Game of Thrones, except... There's no dragons. Like, <laughs> how, how long did it take to where you were like, um, so you started in 2010, where you were like, we are the, we are the, we, we've created that wall, like, you know. I mean, I probably didn't feel comfortable till 17, you know. It, it, years. Yeah, probably about, I mean, realistically, like, and, and even today, like, you know, I always feel like, you know, that guy in the, uh, What's that Guinness commercial? Like that ostrich is chasing him and he's always running, you know? <laughs> like, I feel like that yeah. every single day. Well, it's hard to turn off. Like you, you, you live that way for seven years. You don't turn it off. You're all, now, now you're fear. No, we've lived like that for 30 years, yeah, 40 like, years. Exactly. Like that's not exactly. seven years. This is our entire life. This is our, who we are. Right. So we just don't turn it off, you know? Right. That's interesting. What, um, <clears throat> real estate, you know, um, you, you got into that, how old were you? You said late 20s? Yeah, and that was by accident too. That was by accident as well. So how did that come about? Yeah, so like after college, I bounced around and did, you know, we opened up a laundromat. We did a basketball gym. <laughs> I, uh, I was, yeah, we had a place called Hoopsville in Farmington Hills. So, you know, we just, like I said, we thought we could do anything. And we ended up selling that thing for a, a, a you know, for a song. And, uh, but, 
anyways, fast forward, I was looking for an opportunity and I was looking at this franchise opportunity and I met with this guy named Randy Thomas. He was the broker, the listing broker on this little strip center in like uh, Southgate area. Is that a relative of yours? Or? No. no, yeah. Uh, but, but Randy, Randy said, I said, I said to Randy, hey, wow, you know, I've always considered looking at, you know, getting into the commercial real estate, but I wouldn't know how to do it. He's like, why you come on by an interview? Long story short, I do it. I get, you know, I, I, I talk to a good friend, all of us know Arkin Jonah. Arkin, you know, where should I go? And he said, go to Landmark. I'm like, okay, I go to Landmark. And they're like, well, we, we, we are not into teaching anybody new. Why don't you go somewhere else? So I ended up at Showstack, Showstack Brothers. And I was there. They, they gave me this, like, literally, like, a, a broom closet next to, like, the copy machine, a phone. And Randy's like, okay, start doing A, B, and C. And... Anyways, I just started dialing for dollars and started driving around, didn't know what I was doing for a long time. And all of a sudden I started, you know, it started clicking, you know, and it wasn't just because, it was just because who we are, right? Like, you know, you just figure things out. You don't just wait for somebody to tell you what to do. You just keep figuring things out. And they were training, so there was a process, but not like this whole on, you know, program. And you know, it took me about three years to finally kind of understand how to actually do things on my own. I was making a couple bucks. And after about, I don't know, four years into it, I started developing this relationship with, uh, as a uh, tenant rep broker with uh, AutoZone and Family Dollar specifically, and a couple others, but those two specifically. And I started realizing like all these developers that were out there are making all the money that I'm like, I'm just putting these connections together and, and they, they take it and I made like my, my commission and but these guys made all this other. I'm like, this guy's no smarter than us. We could do this. So I found a partner, a guy named Sam Yaldo, super guy, we're still partners, greatest guy, uh, you know, older, uh, was, a de- uh, was a you know developer contractor, you know, whatever, all the hats. And we connected. Um, and then I started just taking the relationship that I had with Family Dollar and AutoZone and said, hey, let me build these for you. And they're like, what do you know? I'm like, well, I got a guy, don't worry, <laughs> I got a guy. And we did. And then we just started. And when the market crashed, you know, when we were launching MatchRx during that whole time, there was two tenants or more than two, but my two tenants, which were, you know, as the, as the economy was sinking, those stores were doing better. AutoZone, no one's buying new cars. Family Dollar, they're not shopping Target, they're shopping Family Dollar. So I went on this like, you know, we went on this 10 year run where we just were just building these things and I was brokering still. And then, you know, Family Dollar, or rather MatchRx was starting to, you know, get its feet underneath it. So a lot of busy, busy times during that stretch to kind of, you know, finally, you know, find a nice uh, coast, uh, not coast, because we never coast, but you know what I mean? Sure. Just not completely all day, every day. What I find really interesting about you is when I first met you, I met you through my cousin, Lewis, and you were at, you're, uh, you are at Landmark with him. And I just looked at you as a, 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 in the real estate game. Like I had no clue about MatchRx. And uh, then once we started golfing a little bit, I, 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 you know, I remember hearing about MatchRx. I'm like, what is this? Like Johnny's CEO of this, this pharmacy, you know, online tech company. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Because there's two totally different things. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. But how much of your time is with real estate versus versus MatchRx now? Yeah. Um, so I would say real estate a lot less. Um, I still have an office at Landmark, and I still do some brokerage, not quite as much as I used to. Still doing some development work. I actually got a, a project that I'm doing right now. If anybody has a spot or a tenant in Ypsilanti Township. No, no, kidding. Noria Township? Ypsilanti Township, okay. no. I'm kidding. Uh, but I'm still, I'm still doing that. Uh, but I would say if you said as a percent of my time, uh, it's a... 20% of my time is spent on MatchRx. 60% of my time is spent on Match Square, which is the new launch. Because MatchRx, we've got, I've got a COO that runs day-to-day operation, but I'm still you know, involved in you know, the level 10 meetings, the quarterlies, 
you know, any direction, this wholesale component that I'm talking about is being you know, driven uh, you know, by yours truly. So those are the things that, you know, I don't necessarily have to spend as much time anymore because like after a while you build up a team and a real competent team. And so I think that on the real estate side, I've got somebody who handles all my, my, my own properties that, you know, handles all the, you know, comings and goings there. Um, on the matrix side, I've got somebody who really can help, you know, run the day to day and then square match square, which is something we can touch on that is, you know, in its growth mode and early, early stage mode. So, you know, my heart and soul is now being poured into that. And so is a lot of money. Yeah. So <laughs> building a team is challenging. Um, how have you found success in building the right team? probably through some trial and error, but you know, what has been the sweet spot for you in recruiting and, and retaining? Yeah. Uh, great question. Uh, the first uh, order of business is that I should not do any hiring. Okay. I'm the worst person to do hiring. I was terrible. I'd like introduce my, ah, <laughs> nice person, bring them on. Two months later, they're the devil. <laughs> <laughs> they're either quitting or firing them. Right. So I did that for, I don't know, like three, four years. <laughs> Finally, I got Mike uh, Galloway, our COO, who's, who's still our COO. I brought him in. I'm like, Mike, please do this. Because like, you can't do everything. You don't know how to do everything. And, and the other piece of it is that you think everybody thinks like you. They don't, right? So a couple, things, a couple other things we did was we built a culture uh, through some core values. We learned, uh, you know, through EOS, which we adopted about 10 years ago, really how to kind of take all those like fragmented pieces of running a business and tighten the ship up. And I think that, you know, again, I think you've done that as well. Um, so I, I, I did that, brought somebody in, and we have a, now an HR person. And then it goes back to what we talked about. It's people and processes, right? Um, you know, core values on hiring and firing and you get better at it. And by giving it to folks who really know what they're doing, it gets much easier than me doing it. So, yeah. And, and, and now I, I, I will tell you, we've got team members. I bet half of our team has been there for six years or more, maybe more of them. I can't, I, it, it might be more than that. It, that but we really built that kind of, of culture over there is, you know, it, it's not for everybody, right? But, but for those who buy into, you know, uh, you know, taking care, and I like that Richard Branson, you know, uh, philosophy, don't worry about your customer. Take care of your team, they'll take care of your customer. We, we literally just had a meeting about that. We had our staff meeting before this, this podcast, and, you know, it took me about three and a half, four years, really, yeah, probably about four years. We've been open five to understand that. You have this client, you're like, let's do whatever it takes to keep them, whatever they need, right? But you can't grow that way. And, and when we started directing our attention towards the team and not the client, which is our agent, I mean, our team is to support our clients and we give a great experience and that doesn't go away. And you care about your clients as people and their needs and wants, but like, it's the only way you, you can grow. But you just have this aha moment where you're like, all right, this isn't about this agent. This is about the system, the process, the team, the experience, you know, the culture. It's about all that stuff. And, it, and it's hard to do. Um, it's very hard to do. And it's, it's, it's never ending. I also think, too, <clears throat> you, you've done a lot and you've worked your ass off and you've done um, you're doing some remarkable things. How taxing was this? You know, I, I always see entrepreneurs and I either think they're either divorced or they have the best wife in the world. Like it's Me. virtually impossible. It's virtually impossible to do something like you've done without that support staff at home. You have beautiful family. You know, how, how taxing was that on your family while doing all of this? Again, good question. So, I mean, I don't think they noticed it because they always like up until like four or five years ago, all they knew is that I worked all the time. So they didn't know when, like even to today, like I'll be up at, you know, whatever, 5.30 in the morning and I'll push an hour and a half, two hours worth of work. If I don't work out, I go back to sleep, but, but they don't know all of that going on. So, um, 
so I would tell you that they didn't see a lot of uh, change um, other than like maybe some frustration on my part, which I wasn't always good at hiding, uh, not towards them, but just in general, like nah, not being in the moment, like you said earlier. Uh, but otherwise, I would say, you know, Layla's been, you know, she's super mom, she's super wife, all that jazz. So that's, that goes a long way, right? You got to have somebody who's on your team and, you know, just like in your office at your home. And uh, she was always there and, you know, fully supported everything that we were doing and knew that we were, you know, rolling dice and, you know, she was all, she was all in. So I would tell you that I don't think it was, they were terribly affected. I think that today though, the, the, the noticeable difference is my youngest one, he's 16. I've done way many more trips with him. He, like he, those, you know, he goes to squash tournaments around the country. So I, I'm always with him for those things, right? Uh, tennis uh, matches, you know, like yesterday, four o'clock, I can be there. You know, before, you know, I would just get into the hockey game or something like that. So there, there was some of that, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, your kids have two totally different dads, your youngest and your oldest. That's right. right. That's right. And they're, they're different people too. It's right. funny. I mean, you have four kids and they're four different people, yeah. you know, I mean, you now, you now four. Well, yeah. It's awesome. We are, we just had our, our fourth baby a couple days ago and this baby doesn't even move and the house has changed. I'm like, how is the house, like it, it doesn't even move from its spot and all the house is just louder. It's like, how'd that fourth baby do that? It's not even doing anything, you know? Everything's just louder now. But um, no, that, <clears throat> that's awesome. I, and I grew up in a household with, with an entrepreneur, a, 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 you know, a family where the, it was a roller coaster, ups and downs. And I always, you know, I see a lot of people who would love to start their own businesses and do things and they have great ideas and they'd be great at it, but they have a, a spouse or a significant other that just wouldn't allow it. You know what I mean? And I, I think it's a shame because, but it, I get it. It's hard. It's scary. It's, it's all of these things. And, and I, I, when I see people who have done great things over a long, cause it takes a long time, you know, you have to have a, you have to have a, a, a lot of good things going on. Um, and your family, your wife, your, your husband, whatever it is, has to, has to be on board because, you know, there's a lot of, you're working a ton of hours, but you might not reap the benefits for a long time and, you know, stuff like that. So I, I always find it interesting when I, when I see self-made guys and guys who do, who've done what you've done. So four kids, you grew up in a huge family. How many siblings? 10. I'm the 10th out of 11. You're so I got five brothers and five sisters. Wow. Yeah. What was that like? Well, I don't know. I didn't never, they were never all in the same house, right? I mean, you know, one was being produced and the other was being moving <laughs> out. You know, some were in this country, some weren't. You know, I got here when I was like three years old. So I like, I'm like a half immigrant, you know? Like, yeah, I was born there, but, you know, I got So your, your oldest siblings definitely had different times than you as the younger one. Even my, I would go everybody up, even including my brother that's just older than me because, you know, me and my sister and I were the only two that went to college and graduated. And the, the difference though is that they helped us get to that point. Like, like had it not been for them, we would have, you know, been having to, you know, go out and, you know, break coal in the coal mine, right? So, uh, and, and we did, by the way, like I said, probably since the time I was like, you know, 13, I was working in the store, you know, doing the bottles and, you know, doing the coolers and, and up through managing the store at, you know, Jory Road and Dexter and all that stuff. So we always worked, right? And uh, growing up, we probably, you know, we, we moved in, uh, in, in to Detroit and we moved in this great, like that Chaldean neighborhood, Seven Mile and Woodward on Bauman. And like when we moved in there, it was like Norman Rockwell, right? And then when we moved out, it was like LA Crips and, <laughs> and Bloods by the time we moved out in like 87. Yeah. And we kept telling my mom, mom, you know, it's really about time. She's like, no, no, it's fine. I'm like, it's a shithole. Okay. <laughs> She's like, no, no, it's fine. We finally moved to Oak Park, you know, you know, like George Jefferson, we moved on up. Right. And, uh, uh, then after about a couple months of living in Oak Park, my mom's like, Oh, we should have moved here a long time ago. Like, oh, no. oh, thanks mom. Good idea. Uh, but, but 
the, but back to the point of the, the family and the support. I mean, everybody lives close by. Everybody still supports each other. Everybody's friends. You know, we don't see each other as much anymore because everybody's a grandfather or grandmother. You know, they've got their own lives that they go on with. But we still see each other and we still obviously love each other. So yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been great. And, it's, and there's nothing like, you know, having a close family that stays close you, you're a good example of it. You and all your cousins, despite what you guys do to Lewis. They're your best friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's going to watch this. And yeah, he's like, oh, guy, even made the podcast. So, uh, Lewis, you made it. <laughs> no, but I, um, yeah, family, they're my best friends. And, and they're uh, another big reason why I can do what I do. It gave me the confidence because you're like, you know, if we fail, like, the big joke is always like, okay, worst case, you lose your house. I'll move in with my brother. Like, that's worst case, right? Like, what's so big about that? We'd have a blast if that's we did right. that. So, um, now, uh, we also, you also talked about a spinoff, Match Square. Yeah. Um, not to jump around, but what is Match Square? What is that? Yeah, so, um, you know, and I'm going to um, liken it to what you're doing right now. And we're going to, let me explain what Match Square is first. But so Match Square is another online marketplace uh, that allows unique retailers, uh, pharmacies initially is who we started with. And we're moving on to others, even hotels now and others that allow them to buy. Uh, it's a BDB from unique makers of products. So uh, everything from, like you might buy, a, let's say a Dove bar soap at Kroger. Well, but if you go to Village Pharmacy, you're gonna find like Luma bar soaps, right? It's, you know, a, a handmade uh, or small, small batch manufacturing products, really unique. Uh, we've got about 900 brands on the site now. We've got like 90,000 pro unique products and about 280,000 products. Uh, we launched less than a year ago. And, but we're starting to do what you guys are, do, what you guys did here at Adobe a little bit. And I'll, and I'll show you, I'll explain the correlation. One is that our business is putting retailers and unique makers of products together. Okay, and small retailers, gift shops, uh, uh, you know, uh, grocery stores, uh, even gas stations who want to sell unique products so that they separate themselves from the public, right? Or from the general um, merchandise uh, stores. But what we're finding is our customer really is the brand. Our customer is associations. And what we're looking at is now taking, leaving that marketplace and doing what it does, but really focusing on helping the brand sell more product. And the way we're doing that was we're partnering with them. So we're saying, look, you bring your customers to us. We'll let you have a whole online marketplace for free. We'll let your customers buy from us for free. Okay. We'll operate your marketplace for you. On top of that, when a customer of yours buys from another brand, you'll also earn a rev share in that piece. So it goes back to, I think a little bit about what you said. Yes, the, 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 the home buyer or the home seller is the ultimate client, but you at your, at where you sit, the, the real customer is the agents that help those folks execute. And that's the same thing here for us. We're finding that where we can be best serving the ultimate user, the retailer or the brand is having the brand helping them execute or helping an association or a conglomerate execute on that. So that's what we're, so that's what we're working through right now. So these are like the, you know, the things that you learn when you launch a business, despite the fact that you think, you know, a lot, you don't, you don't know anything until you're in the weeds and you know, you're actually executing. And then you, you find out that, Oh, what a shit plan that was, <laughs> you know, but, but then it's, then it's too late. You got to go, you, you got to figure it out. Oh, that's why the best time to do it. Figure. Yeah. That's why the, be the best thing to do is just keep going. Cause right. you know, so that's a whole nother, that's another business, whole nother business, same, whole different group same, of people. Different, no, different people. I have a little crossover, a little bit of marketing crossover, but totally sales, different sales, different it. Uh, you know, it's a whole nother team. How important is it to split that team up? Like in the beginning, did you try to like, Use, use the same yeah. team? I, well, not as much as I could because you're trying to save on dollars and what have you, but ultimately you're, you're getting to a point where if you're really going to form a company, you know, you got to form a company. It's right. a, it, it, you're either, you know, you're stealing second or you're not. You can't, like, 
you know, keep your foot on first base and get to second base, right? Which is a major investment. When you start getting into people and more, you know, you think you can cross train and do all this stuff and you can to an extent, but you know, we, we, we experience that now with, with like recruiting. That's our thing. Like we need to get more agents. We need to get quality of agents. We need to train. You need to train agents. You need to recruit agents. You need to retain agents. They're separate, they're separate teams. And in the beginning you're like, you know, Rena and I are recruiting, we're doing sales, John's jumping in and helping because he was the third guy here. And like, and then you're just like, no, you got to think about recruiting all day, every day. That's all you think about. You need to think about retaining these people all, you know, you got to build those teams. And, and that's, that's the natural when, growth of a business. that's the natural growth of a business. You have to do that. And I think there's a lot of people who get stuck at that, that small business, um, which you're small for a long time, but that, that mindset and just run a little small business because they can't delegate and get to that point. I mean, you started this thing, you know, you had some good people around you, but you know, did you have a really strong mentor? Did you have somebody teaching you how to make that jump or was it just natural or over enough frustration to where you did it? I, I think I didn't have like one specific person, but I always leaned on a lot of people. I would go to a lot of people for advice. Uh, Podcast just started coming into play, but I listen to a ton of podcasts. I mean, I was I do this uh, real estate class with my son and one of his com uh, associates uh, every week for one hour a week, and I'm like always about like guys, you know, I'm 56. I'm still learning every day, and I don't care who I'm if I'm learning from Simon or John or a podcast or reading a book or. So the answer is I didn't have one specific person, but I did like lean on a, a handful of people that are, are kind of in the entrepreneurial space that kind of gave me some direction on like key points uh, on what I think I should be doing. And uh, one of the things that I could have done better earlier on is like not double down, but triple down on like marketing and sales, right? Just like accelerate growth versus gradual growth. I would, if I was to go back and do it again, I would have like tripled the sales force from like the get go. Because once you see that, you know, you can bake, you know, you can bake, well then just get everybody, just get a bunch of bakers and start baking. Yeah, right? the, the ROI is there. And that's why, you know, I hear this analogy all the time. Like it takes you three to four homes, building three or four homes, personal homes before you get it right. You know, it's like, it, took, it takes you 15 to 20 years to build the first company. And whatever, you know, it'll take you half that time to do it. If you had to do it again, it would take you half, that knowledge. But it's scary. All of a sudden, all these people, like, you don't know if it's going to work, right? That's a scary thing. It's easier said than done. My mentor, who's a brother, my brother, he's always like, you know, from five years ago, recruit, 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 recruit. And I'm like, bro, I got this. I know it's about recruiting, but it's all. And then now, five years later, I'm like, I he was right. I should have been recruiting the whole time from day one, right? But it, it sounds terrible because you're like, well, you don't care about the people you recruited. No, you, you love the people you recruited, but that's the, the business we're in. As you're learning so much as you go, how do you create a goal for the long-term future? I mean, in, in what, I guess, what are your goals for the long-term future, knowing that you're going to learn a lot on the way and that kind of thing, but what do you see 10 years down the road for, for you and your business? Yeah. Uh, so for me, like 10 years from now, even probably shorter period of time, my goal is that my boys and I are doing something together, right? Even my daughter, if she wanted to, but really I'd, I'd love to have that opportunity to kind of like pass on the baton uh, if they want to, right? And it not, might be in real estate. It could be in a business that they're interested in. It could, but at least take like all this, like, you know, working knowledge that, and, and they're going to make their own mistakes. We all do, and it's best that they do that on their own. But at the same time, instead of starting from zero, at least they could start at it at a different level. And I just see myself trying to help them if they want it, right? If they want to be in a business, if they want to be entrepreneurial, which I think they're you know leaning that way, right? Uh, but I, that's what I see. In in ten years, it's not me, you know, grinding it out. Uh, it's really helping them steer them and help them. But, you know, I, I, if I did that for five years and got them, you know, in that right pathway, then, you know, then, then they're on their own. I, I told them, I'll never give them anything. I said, I'll help you, but I'm not giving you anything, you know, so I'll, I'll be on your team. I'll be your partner, but I'm not going to give it to you. My daughter, on the other hand, she'll, <laughs> she'll, she'll get everything. <laughs> Poor boys. 
<laughs> so we had we had Jeff Shostak on the show, the last show, and, and they do something really cool that I, they told me years ago. Like they have to work five years out before they come in yeah. to the family business. Um, but you, you talked about doing a million different things before getting into this. Yeah. You know, how important is it for you to like at what age do you tell your boys or or over how many experiences we're like, all right, now let's do something like are you pushing them to do other things outside of you? you know for years go get your feet wet go you know go do a lot of different things and then come back and we'll we'll start we'll talk like is that is that part of the process i i mean that's i think that's kind of a a rough uh sketch of what i've been trying to do and i think it's it's being done so jacob my number two son just moved back from chicago he worked at baker tilly and now he's downtown working for Bedrock. He's an analyst for them. And he's loving it. He's loving being back home. He's loving his new job. It's just, you know, it, it's just it's been a complete W for him. Uh, Derek's a, a broker, commercial real estate broker on the investment side with Encore. And so, you know, and he's doing well and he's continuing to grow. And uh, so they're, they're, they're young. They're, in their, yeah. they're young, early and mid-20s. So... so you know, let them go out and figure it out because you can't, you know, I mean, we don't have to tell you, I'm not explaining this, right? You don't have to, you don't want to, you know, hand, hold these guys. You see it, but do they see it? Like, do, are they ready to like go now? I mean, like I was ready to go at 21, you know, and I realized like, like, you know, you, you see the importance of the experience because you're like, man, you're, you're a baby, but you don't think of your, when you're at that age, you don't think of yourself as a baby. You know no. what I mean? I, I, that's a good question. I, I, I think they see, I think they know that they're like, they've got, you know, uh, in training, so to speak, right? Their own training to get to a point where I think everyone will be comfortable. And and by the way, I don't think it's a light switch. I don't think it's like, right. oh yeah, you're gonna go from here to here and this is your new job tomorrow. It's kind of like like everything else I think I've done. I've, I've kind of like grown into something and hopefully if it's smooth enough and it never works out perfectly, but the idea would be for them to kind of gradually grow from one to another. and. Yeah. And, and that would be the perfect scenario. And, and it doesn't have to be, everything doesn't have to be full-time. You know, it could be, I'm full-time and I got my side hustle and my side hustle is growing and I'm doing my side hustle with pops or whatever. And then maybe, you know, leapfrog from there. Cause I don't have like a place for them to come in and go, oh yeah, take over this. It's, you know, I've got a business, I've got businesses that are running with professionals they're not coming in to take over those professionals jobs it's, they're not qualified and they're and it's not for them uh, in the real estate side of the equation you know I've got properties that are established they're not here to what are they gonna do you know so they've got to kind of you know make their own way and I can my, my hope and goal is that you know we'll we'll do it together we'll have fun doing it though you know yeah. I mean a good a good example of who's done that extremely well is our friend you know Arkin uh, Jonah and, and his team and his family. So, yeah. you know, I, I look at that and go, that's a pretty good, you know, uh, a team to follow. That's great. Yeah. Um, golf. I love golf. We've met, we've, we've, we've played a lot of golf together. How important, like how much has golf helped you in, in your business? Uh, zero. Zero. Really? Yeah, really. Not with networking relationships, zero? No, really? no. That's the one thing like, okay, so I've got, uh, on the matrix side, there's 7,000 pharmacies. I've never met one of them, you know, except for Gabe who's my partner, right? I mean, I shouldn't say none of them, but you know, you, know, you get what I'm getting at. So I would say no. On the real estate side, again, it was really, there were maybe a couple, you know, situations here and there, uh, but I do see golf as a big benefit for the right folks, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I don't, you know, whether it's being a broker in the stock, you know, an analyst or financial advisor or being an insurance guy, uh, being a supplier, all those guys. I think golf's a big deal, especially if you belong to a good club that everybody wants to play. You know, that, that, that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, but for me personally, it really hasn't done anything for me. It's, More of just a fun thing to do, stress reliever. That's it. It's and and I and and I just joined a golf club like six years ago, seven years ago, knowing that at this stage in my life, the kids are going to be like on their own. My 16-year-old Lucas has a car, and he's got sports and school and social. So, you know, the window opens up pretty darn quick. So I knew that going in, kind of, I thought, all right. 
in a few years, I'm going to have this, you know, I'm playing golf today. Nice. Yeah, well, uh, we can wrap this up. I know, John, you have a, a couple of questions. Well, um, well, I, I guess I would ask follow up to that is what else would be your, your hobby of choice if it's not golf? Um, I do play a little paddle tennis, but really just hanging out with the team, hanging out with the family, uh, hanging out with our friends. Uh, we're, I mean, Simon knows we're, we're all pretty social uh, folks and just, you know, uh, a little trip here and there, nothing crazy, but just, be, just being with, with the people that you love. Do you think about being remembered? Do you think about, I mean, you know, and I'm not sure at what, at what stage of business or what age you start thinking, well, how am I gonna be remembered? by people either close to me or even a little bit further than close to me. Do you think about that and, you know? That's a morbid question, John. <laughs> well, the next one's no. even worse. No, no, worse. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I mean, not yet. I mean, I, look, you know, positive energy, positive vibes, I guess is the best, uh, I, I guess is probably the, the way I could, uh, you know, hope that I could be remembered is like that, you know, you, you made somebody else, you know, a little happier. No, if you thought that was morbid. <laughs> All right. You find yourself rotting in prison yeah. and you have, <laughs> 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 and, and you have a, you know, your last death row meal, right? So what is your death row meal? Your last meal that you get to choose? What's your feast? Um, easy. That's a, uh, a tomahawk steak that I grilled myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite quote or motto that you live by? Uh, yeah. So, uh, and it's the only motto or, or, or speech that is hung up in anywhere other. I'm talking about home, office. I don't have any of those like motivational speeches. It's Teddy Roosevelt's uh, in two, 1910, The Man in the Arena. That's like the greatest... Like for entrepreneurs, that's it. You know, you're in the arena and you're marred and you don't worry about, you know, what others say. And you can only know true victory by knowing defeat, all the things. And I'm paraphrasing all of it, but it's probably one of the, you know, like the motto that I would say I live by every day. Not by, but that's, that would describe me the best is Fantastic. the man in the arena. A man in the arena. That's great. Well, Johnny. Uh, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I know you're a busy person. You got a lot going on. Um, I, I can honestly say, you know, I started Adobe and our companies five years ago. I've talked to you a lot about what we do. We've had cigars and you've, 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 you know, I, you've helped me out a lot. And I know you probably don't, you know, uh, you know, you don't see it as much as I do, but I can't thank you enough for that. And then also supporting us with this show. Um, it means a lot. So thank you. And, you know, everything you have going on is, is super impressive, especially from somebody like myself who's sitting here trying to make something work. And it's like, man, like that is, you know, a lot of people I think think that's cool and great, but they really don't understand what it takes. And that's kind of the point of this show is to bring to light really, that's why we asked some personal questions about your family and stuff like that. I mean, I find it super impressive. There's not many people in this world who can do it. Um, so, you know, hats off to you. It's awesome. And um, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having thanks, me. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks. For more episodes of Giants, follow Doby Real Estate on social at We Are Doby, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>